Welcome to this edition to Voices of Experience. My name is Paul Casey, along with producer Benny Mathers. Remember when we used to travel? Well, some of us still are traveling. I certainly don't travel as much because of COVID and not wanting to get into a plane because of the rules. They haven't been, I think, enforced uniformly, and I want to wait till that occurs before I get back in. And of course, that the rates of COVID drop dramatically. Hopefully, that will be sooner than later. I know we're all feeling that way. But what will travel be like when we open up? What will travel be like in this country? What will it be like in Europe? And uh, how about bookings and cancellations? You know, I've heard that some airlines are going to be more liberal in allowing you to book a flight and cancel it. And the same with hotels. And what types of places would be more interesting to go right now or safer to go? Those sorts of things. That was kind of occurring in my mind. So I found a travel agency owned by a Wayne Steffen. The travel agency is named Steffen Travel. And uh, in about 15 minutes, we'll be talking about what I've outlined here and much more. But first, a Joe Wallace, he's the CEO of Coachella Valley Economic Partnership. And that is a nonprofit organization that is anchored here in Palm Springs, California. If you've been listening to the show for the last couple of weeks, you know that I am down here and will be here till mid-March. I've come to know the community pretty well. And what I've heard and read was a webinar series that Joe put together. And this area, because of COVID and all of the economic hardships that it has brought this area, has come to the realization it needs to diversify. They're really looking to bring industry down here, particularly technology. My wife and I have been coming to Palm Springs for the last seven years. We have stayed in the desert anywhere from one month to over four months. We came here initially because we were having our home remodeled that would take up to three months. And a good friend and colleague suggested we check into Palm Springs. We did, and we've been coming ever since. Palm Springs has a vibrant downtown that has vastly improved even since we have been coming here. So this time I decided to talk with Joe Wallace. He is the CEO of the Coachella Valley Economic Partnership. Tourism is the real bread and butter of this area, but they're collectively realizing because of COVID, they're going to have to do something different other than tourism and retirement to just diversify the economy. Joe Wallace and many others are advocating that the greater Palm Springs area entice more high-tech industries to the area. Now, if you're thinking about making a change or perhaps splitting your time between Seattle or uh, want to live in Palm Springs full-time, this is a conversation you're going to want to listen to. And now we have a local connection. The Seattle Kraken minor league hockey team will be playing in the Palm Springs area in a couple of years. Many people from Seattle actually come down here and spend a lot of time. You see a lot of Washington plates. Since most people have lived somewhere else prior to coming to Palm Springs full or part-time, I asked Joe what initially brought him to this area. I was here for three weeks in 2006, and it's because my daughter was Miss Teen Indiana, and the... Uh, the pageant was the first thing held in the new uh, convention center in, in Palm Springs over behind the, the hotel there. And 
in 2006, there was just nothing going on in downtown Palm Springs. I mean, you, you could have set up uh, a rifle in the middle of the street and shot in both directions. You wouldn't hit anything. Uh, so, and, but now, I mean, pre-COVID, it was booming. Every night, people are down there. Uh, all the restaurants full. Uh, in the last 10 years, downtown Palm Springs has gone from being a, a sleepy desert place, uh, sort of a has-been place, to a hopping place. And we're showing up on all of these lists of top 10 places to go. And for a town of 50,000, that's just amazing to show up on the same list as Paris, London, and New York, and San Francisco. Your whole effort now is to get out that story to a lot of different people. You are looking at really wanting to expand your image and also go deeper dive into bringing higher paying jobs, essential jobs to this area. Yes, that, that is exactly right. Uh, you know, we, we have one of the most highly developed tourism industries on, on the planet. But what happened this year made us very acutely aware. It's diversify this economy, use some of the cash stream that's available from all of these people that are coming out here for music festivals, dance parties. And, you know, they, they spend $50 million or so per year. Right now, we are poised to attract a whole lot of technology-based professionals, bringing in technical professionals who can telecommute. You know, they can buy the kind of a house here you can buy for between 500000 and a million. You know, if we could get 3,000 technological professionals in here, that's a core group that would establish us as, as a place to go to, to hire them. So then maybe you can actually attract a business that wants to put together a team of five, 10 or 25 engineers to develop something new in say the internet of things space, uh, cybersecurity. One of the things that I've been struck by coming down here and I'll say to people, you know, why not Hawaii? I've called this the one movie flight. You put on one movie, two hours, you're touching down by the time that movie is over. The Palm Springs Airport is one of the nicest airports I've ever been to. It's easy to get in and out of it. And then the airport is like five, eight minutes away from where we're staying now. And so that's one of the reasons that we have attracted ourselves coming down here. And, you know, the other thing is you talk about technology uh, with the Zoom calls. I can run my radio show, which I'm doing now, being in Palm Springs. So I can do this remotely. And I agree with you totally on that. Those opportunities for coming this way are wide open. Yeah, the airport that you speak of, isn't it spectacular? Yeah, you know, one of the things that I was looking at your video, which I think is very well done, that series, the webinar, you've been wanting to do this for a long time, but Corona has made it just more timely to get some of what you're talking about implemented faster. You know, we've got two schools of thought here. There, there are some who would say, you know what, it, it's sunny here, this is a natural place for tourism, and, and that's what we've done forever, and that's what we're going to keep doing, and, and we'll never do any of these other things. And, uh, you know, I, I try not to listen to them. You know, in, in my annual address, you know, I call it, I said that the virus of the century has created the opportunity of the century. Every weakness that we've had 
has been exposed by this. And uh, so, yeah, it's, it's messed us up and uh, you know, we've got to come out of it better, but, but by and large job one is to get the tourism back going. Certainly. And when we talk about uh, bringing essential jobs down here in technology, are there like top job opportunities or type of jobs and employment that you would like to attract here? Well, te- technology based and not fully developed. You know, if, if you were looking at the top of it, so for cybersecurity would be one of them. You know, it's a very rapidly growing uh, job base. Uh, you know, for everyone that gets hired, there's probably four more that open up. And you know, every day you turn on the television, uh, it's anything that's not political is usually a hack. You know, the second big opportunity here is the expansion of esports. We have a small kernel of people that are doing that here now. And uh, on Wednesday nights before uh, COVID hit, I, but I think they've started back up there. The uh, Agua Caliente uh, Reservation as a casino in Rancho Mirage. And on Wednesday nights, they had the gaming nights and, uh, you know, they they were getting to where, you know, a couple of hundred people were showing up. People are paying to watch grandmasters of esports play. They set the servers up for these games in remote locations. So if you're going to have a tournament between, you know, people in Palm Springs area and people in say Atlanta, They'd probably choose a server in Kansas City or Omaha or somewhere like that because of the time it takes to get it there. And you will never see big gaming in Hawaii because it takes, I think it's two and a half extra milliseconds for the information to get from Hawaii to the mainland. And, you know, so that's an advantage. It's just like robo trading on Wall Street. If you're a little bit faster, you can enhance your, your, uh, your earnings. Uh, we certainly are interested in other technologies, uh, but, uh, you know, I don't think we're going to get an, an Intel to come out here. You know, they, they made the jump to, uh, I think it's Glendale, Arizona for manufacturing. So when they put up new manufacturing, it's been Arizona and Oregon. Uh, they moved it out of California, uh, largely because of regulations and taxes, just, just like Elon Musk. You know, our, our dear state is getting uh, you know, bad news. You know, and you know, some you people called say, it, oh, I think in the video, you know, called it the Musk effect. Yes, the Elon Musk effect. Uh, he, uh, he has a contract with uh, his board of directors and his contract. He's going to earn 50 billion yeah, with a B in bonuses in the next couple of years. If he remains resident of California, he has to pay the state. And if they pass this new what they call millionaires or billionaires tax, he will have to give the state of California $8.4 billion. That's also with a B. Texas has no income tax. So, you know, I always ask this in my presentations. I say, anybody that wouldn't go move to Texas for two years for $8.4 billion, please raise your hand. I've never seen a hand go up. One other connection that we have, Seattle and Palm Springs. We have the Seattle Kraken, the um, NHL team that's due to start playing next year and the minor league hockey team was due to start at the same time down in this area but it kind of hit a bump in the road but I think ultimately they will come in play and I think in Palm Desert now could you shed some light on that well y- yes uh, I have uh, met via Zoom with the uh, the team they have intention to build a uh, arena and it's 
It's right adjacent to Palm Desert. I'm, I'm very uh, interested in what it is that they're going to be able to do. They, they haven't asked for incentives. And they, uh, when, when they were working with the, the tribe, they, uh, they were very, I'll say, outwardly proud of, you know, going forward with this program without big incentives from uh, taxpayers. And, you know, it's, the, it's their money. It's their game. They know what they're doing. And, uh, you know, as, as long as they uh, are going to invest all their own money to make this happen, uh, let's, let's, get it, let's get it going. My thanks to Joe Wallace, Chief Executive Officer of the Coachella Valley Economic Partnership. I suggest that you Google Coachella Valley Economic Partnership if you want to find out more about the greater Palm Springs area. On the site is a webinar series called The Desert We Want. You find out about real estate opportunities, tourism, festivals, arts and culture, health and medicine, and economic possibilities in the future. Also, there is a fascinating story on the Salton Sea, the largest lake in California. Now, I'd never heard of the Salton Sea before I came down here, but again, it's the largest lake in California. It has gone through incredible challenges, but is hopefully on the way back. You're listening to Voices of Experience with Paul Casey. Visit VoicesOfExperience.com and take a five-minute self-employment quiz. That's VoicesOfExperience.com. The higher you score on the quiz, the higher your prospects for success. One more time, visit VoicesOfExperience.com. All one word. So finally, the vaccine is being widely distributed and uh, people will hopefully feel comfortable traveling once again. I know for myself, I have been very uncomfortable getting on a plane, and I've had to do it a couple of times, but I'm not going to do it again until I get the vaccine shot, which I hope is sooner than later. I think I've mentioned on the show that my wife and I have been in Palm Springs for about a month and a half, and we plan on coming back in mid-March this time, we drove from Seattle, Palm Springs, again, worried about the uh, pandemic and flying on airplanes right now. But uh, And I'd much prefer traveling on planes, trains, and not automobiles if I have a choice. But uh, again, the pandemic kept me from doing that. I spoke with Wayne Steffen, owner of Steffen Travel, and I wanted to talk to him about what will travel look like in the months ahead. So let's start with domestic travel first. What should people expect when they start to travel again? Certainly people have been traveling during this time, but for those who haven't, looking at what they should be doing if they want to make some travel arrangements. Let's start with domestic. That's probably the the area that's going to come back, uh, at least in the United States first, because people will be more competent uh, with, uh, with the medical facilities and with the regulations and, and, and new procedures put in place for the United States so that and and just to, to get to get out to see friends and relatives who they haven't seen I know I've talked to several clients who said you know we have some friends that have moved to Dallas and we've been we've been wanting to go visit them and just haven't felt confident uh, and it really is all dependent on uh, how quickly and uh, how, how uh, much confidence the people have in the vaccine 
it will probably be halfway through the year before where enough people are, are feel safe to travel. I read some articles saying that the airlines are going to be more forgiving and maybe hotel reservations more forgiving if you have to cancel at the last moment. So the point would be if you want to travel, and that would be uh, making reservations now and not worrying about those fees. Is there any truth to that? Oh, yeah. Uh, the airlines have actually, uh, the U.S. airlines are in a little better position than some of the uh, foreign carriers because of the uh, support that they got from, from the government. They're suffering huge losses. I saw a forecast here that airlines will lose about $38.7 billion globally in 2021. But because of that, they have uh, been much more uh, forgiving on uh, removing some of their fees and, and just to try to encourage people to, to get out there and, and make the booking uh, cancellations that I did earlier this year, uh, right after COVID hit. Uh, it took the airlines a while to kind of figure things out. But in the end, almost all my clients were either either got uh, full credits that they can use. Uh, hotels are the same way, uh, and they're in order to stay in business, in order to attract the clientele, uh, they're being much more flexible in um, in in in, uh, in in their fees and and their penalties and things like that. And do you think this will carry over for some time into the future or will it end uh, like when the next everybody gets comfortable traveling again, then they're going to reinstate the fees? Or is this going to be something maybe more not permanent, but it will carry over for a couple of years at least? I think it'll last a couple of years, but eventually the airlines will get get back to uh, the way the way it was for the most part. What destinations do you think, let's say internationally or even in this country, are going to benefit or change how people travel and what type of destinations they will be going to? Will that change or as we emerge out of this? I think initially there'll be there'll be a big change. People are going to be most comfortable flying domestic or maybe Mexico or Caribbean because you don't have that long flight and uh and you're close enough that if something should happen, you're, uh, uh, you can get to, to relative safe, safety. Longer term, I can see that people are going to be going to places that aren't as crowded. Uh, certainly, they're going to be looking at what the um, infection rate has been, and they're going to, go to, they're, they're going to want to go to those places that have low, uh, uh, low numbers of uh, of, of COVID uh, uh, cases, some of the places where uh, that have traditionally been very, very uh, popular, uh, Venice, Rome, Paris, people are going to look for, for other areas uh, that uh, they can, can have a similar type of experience but uh, not have the crowds. Would you have any suggestions of someone uh, who was thinking about traveling to the traditional places like Paris or Amsterdam, and you're talking about the large cities, that where they could go and get that experience, not exactly, but close to that, and mm -hmm. be less populated, just a couple off the top of your head? There are so many really interesting places in Italy uh, that, that people can go, uh, that, uh, you know, the Amalfi Coast, the, uh, the Cinque Terre, down uh, uh, Sicily, 
and uh, the Dolomites that uh, that you can experience uh, Italy in, in, in France. You can go to the Riviera. You could go to uh, Lourdes and, and Toulouse and in that area, and really and 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 go to Luxembourg uh, and and Belgium, Bavaria, and uh, you know places like Iceland, places like. Uh, the the Balkan countries, uh, Croatia, and and things like that, where where you can really uh, uh, get a lot of uh, cultural act, uh, activities, but uh, but avoid some of the crowds. I mean, how about this country in the United States? The national parks, when you can get in those, those are those are fabulous places to go to go visit. Uh, the Columbia Basin is 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 amazing, and and British Columbia, uh, and and uh, up in up in that area. And in the New England area, instead of going to New York and Boston, you can go to uh, the Berkshires and uh, and Providence and and Martha's Vineyards and places like that. Mm, great ideas. You know, it's interesting about how places that traditionally have got a base or what they consider a base. Now, I talk about right now Palm Springs, which is where I'm at. And they've realized with COVID that they have to diversify as a community simply because they can't rely on people visiting here all the time, Coachella Valley concerts, the tennis tournaments, all being from visitors coming here and traveling here in and out. And they need a more stable base. They estimated that they lost $3.1 billion this year in hotel losses and travel and cancellations. We're talking a little bit more about uh, the business environment. And I, I li- currently live in the in the San Francisco Bay Area. It's been so nice uh, with, uh, with people doing so much working from home. And people have started to look at, okay, now instead of commuting an hour or two hours uh, each way, to get to an office, I can uh, do that from from my home, and so now I don't have to live as close to my workplace as, as what I've always thought I had to. And 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 I've even read some things where people will will start to travel virtually when you when going to see these famous sites in in the world. There's there's websites that are popping up and where you can where you can tour places uh, places remotely. And uh, so those kinds of things are are going to be looked at. I don't think we'll ever go, we'll ever completely get away from uh, from the way that uh, that we've done it traditionally, just because people are are anxious to kind of get back to normal. Well, anything else before we go? We're really at a great time right now. If you're if you're thinking of uh, of doing that uh, that you know, trip of a lifetime. Uh, there's great deals that are out there right now. The hotels, the, the airlines, the tour companies are are offering some large in, in incentives, enticements. Take a look. Get out there. Uh, it's going to. Uh, there's going to be some really good deals for the next um, four, five, six months. So if you're thinking about going some someplace, or you've you've been you know had put off that trip last year. Uh, give your travel agent a call and uh, and have them uh, work with you to come up with something that's going to work. My thanks to Wayne Steffen, owner of Steffen Travel. If you would like to give him a call and talk to him about anything that I may have missed, any questions about travel, you can call him at area code 
1-800-242-0119. Or you can email him at travel at gmail.com. The phone number again, area code 925-890-0119. Email address travel at gmail.com, all one word. That's all the time we have for this edition to Voices of Experience. My thanks to Wayne, Stefan, and Joe Wallace for sharing their wisdom and experience with us today. Before we go, I just have a couple tidbits I'd like to share with you. First of all, Budweiser canceled their Super Bowl ad and donated the money to fight anti-vaxxers. We need to do this. And if you have anybody hesitating in your family, please encourage them to get a vaccination when it becomes available. We have enough trouble getting it out as it is. I got mine yesterday, and I'm going to get the uh, follow-up in 28 days. There are two New York Times columnists that I want to read some passages from columns they had this last week. And one is pretty sobering, and one is more uplifting. So let's start with the more sobering column. And this is just a partial part of his column by Ezra Klein of the New York Times. Democracy is precious, Biden said in his inaugural address. Democracy is fragile. And at this hour, my friends, democracy has prevailed. It's a stirring statement, but wrong. Democracy barely survived. If America actually abided by normal democratic principles, Trump would have lost in 2016 after receiving almost 3 million fewer votes than Hillary Clinton. The American people did not want this presidency, but they got it anyway, and the result was carnage. In 2020, Trump lost by about 7 million votes, but if about 40,000 votes had switched in key states, he would have won anyway. The Senate is split 50-50, but the 50 Democrats represent more than 41 million more Americans than the 50 Republicans. This is not a good system. And from David Brooks from the New York Times, he also commented on President Biden's inaugural address, and here's what he had to say. My favorite passage was this. Here's the thing about life. There is no accounting for what fate will deal you. Some days you need a hand. There are other days when we are called upon to lend a hand. The Biden values are simply humility, vulnerability, compassion, resilience, independence, solidarity. Donald Trump's patriotism was bloated and fear-based. Biden's is the self-confident patriotism that you absorb by growing up in a certain sort of country during the American century. My name is Paul Casey, and along with producer Benny Mathers, thanks for listening. Quote of the week, those who foolishly sought power by riding on the tiger's back ended up inside. President John F. Kennedy. And finally, have to leave you with this, experience is our best teacher.